confirm it in Spain in 50 degrees also, 40 degrees, doesn't matter. In this particular, the, the speed, and they, they prove that you're not losing any flavor. Guys, this is literally the best episode I've ever recorded in English. Uh, coming from Vinitexifel 2022, and... I present to you Vitali Popper from Moldavia. He invented the barrique barrel, <laughs> kind of. Uh, he, he reinvented the barrique barrel in a very special way that allows for a very new way of winemaking. It allows for mobile wineries. I will have one myself. I'm super amazed. And, uh, yeah, just, just tune in and be amazed with us. It's awesome what he did. This episode is a cooperation with Winitech Seifel Fair in Bordeaux. It is uh, spelled V-I-N-I-T-E-C-H-S-I-F-E-L. Winitech Seifel, or how you pronounce it in Francais, Winitech Seifel. Website is winitech-seifel.com. I like the wine industry so much because again and again and again you stumble upon real gems and uh, by gems i often mean the people who are associated with the wine industry uh, we are one of the i would say nerdiest industry we have many inventors uh, who build weird shit in their garages and sometimes uh, things turn out to be quite nice and quite interesting and i'm very happy to present to you today vitali popper uh, he's a guy uh, originally from moldavia living in australia and new zealand and what else he can tell you and he builds barrels that sounds very unimpressive so far but wait until you hear what he has to say vitali stage is open who are you and what do you have to offer for us um, hi everyone, uh, my name is Vitali, I'm a winemaker and inventor and at the same time I'm trying uh, to be an entrepreneur. Um, as a colleague mentioned uh, that I make barrels, I want to correct him in saying that I am an inventor in the first place. What I do, I come up with ideas, I try them in real time, I prove that they work and I move forward to the new idea. So you are a prototyper. <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, th this is the difference. I'm an inventor and the, the difference between invention and research is quite simple. A researcher is spending all his life researching things in hope to find an invention. An inventor uses his brain and mind and um, fantasizes about an idea, invents a thing, and then this is a work for researchers for hundreds of years to understand what that inventor meant. In my situation, I am an inventor. I invent things and then I'm trying to understand. I'm not trying to understand and then invent something. That's the only difference. This makes you very sympathetic. Likeable, <laughs> because uh, I, I'm the same. I think it's it's really the difference between um, somebody who, who who starts businesses, who implements ideas, and somebody who tries to understand why things work after they were proven to work. So uh, we 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 fight in the same team. I would say uh, you are a technical guy. I'm a marketing guy. I invent brands. You invent barrels and whatever else. And the the funny thing is. 
um, really, if if things work and if things improve existing systems, uh, the solutions can sometimes be extremely easy. And in your case, uh, we have one problem. Uh, the problem is your invention is quite technical. The benefit we have now is we have B2B audience. We have winemakers listening. They know how a barrel works. So we can try and explain what you did um, with uh, hardcore technical information. And uh, you you had this uh, small presentation ready at your um, at your uh, place in the in the fair here, and maybe we start um, by you explaining the deficits of barrels as they are used, and how you changed that. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, first uh, thing, I'm also a winemaker, and I um, uh, did vintages in different countries in Europe. And, uh, for example, in Germany, in France, in Hungary, Australia, New Zealand, and in Moldova. And my, um, my only hope was uh, all the time to find a solution in, in order to make wines without any chemicals. Because at the end of the day, I can't consider myself a winemaker. The winemaker is the yeast. The yeast takes the sugar and converts it in alcohol and CO2. If you give sugar to a human, it gets fat. We don't make alcohol and CO2. So I start looking closer and closer to the nature because the yeast bacteria and the enzymes, they grow on the grapes and they grow in low temperatures, in high temperatures and under the sunlight. Now, when I looked at the different types of, of the vessels that the wine is made, obviously everyone and in the industry wants to make big volumes at the same time, you're looking back and you understand that the most expensive wines are still made in wooden barrels, made or aged. Small units. Small units, but the most expensive wines, they will be still connected to wood and to oak. Now, when I looked at the barrel construction and I came up, actually I invented the equipment first before customizing the barrel, existing standard barrel in the market. So when I took my equipment, which is a sustainable stainless steel bung, and replaced with the silicon bung existing in the market, I realized that the system, the, the, the existing silicon bung in the market does not solve the problem of oxidation, contamination, and evaporation. So you have, you have the barrel with a hole on top, you put the bun inside, and even though the bun is sterile and made of uh, silicone, it's not, uh, it's not air sealed. So, so right? it's, it's not, so the silicon bung existing in the market, Yes. does not solve the problem oxidant contamination oxidation contamination it's just and evaporation easier to clean. it's just a bung that closes it but it does not it doesn't solve your problems every time you open a barrel in a traditional way you, you expose to oxidation yeah. you put inside to take a sample outside that's contamination and every time you open it it's evaporation and so because we have this problem we add sulfides or we i mean batonage also helps with the uh, problem, but uh, you are not against batonage. Exactly. You are against I'm sulfides, not, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm against uh, the fact that any cooperage in the world will sell you a barrel, and you'll pay a lot of money, but you still have to deal with oxidation, contamination, and evaporation. In my situation, I'm not selling a barrel. I'm selling a solution, which means the barrel and the bung. Yeah. So I invented the bung which will close and seal completely the barrel. Yes. And when I put it on the standard barrel, I realized that the construction of the standard barrel is not perfect. 
So I had to. Ah, but you 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 cut open the barrel and try to understand how was it built. And when then... I put when I put the bung, yeah, and I start to work with my bung as an idea, I realized that the construction of the barrel is not good enough. So I had to modify the construction of the barrel. Saying this, okay, so so coming from the necessity of replacing the bun, you 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 deconstructed barrels, and then you saw, okay. We, we obviously can improve on some points. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you pay 1,000 euros, for example, to a barrel manufacturer, yes. he will give you an empty barrel. And then from that point, oxidation, contamination and evaporation is your problem. It's not the barrel manufacturer. Where in my situation, I don't sell you just the barrel. I sell you the solution, which means yeah. that I give you a solution to control oxidation, contamination, and evaporation. Okay. L let me guide you through the process because you are so hyped by your invention. And I know why, because it is cool. Uh, but let's stay on track here for the people who just listen, who cannot see it. You deconstructed the barrel and then you realized, okay, there are certain... The construction of the barrel is not perfect. It's not perfect. In which can I explain point? in a, a, a yeah. com in comparison? Of, for example, let's go to um, auto auto um, industry. A car is made of different parts being welded. Now Elon Musk comes and says, "No, I want to inject the whole car, so I get in one piece." So this is exactly what I did to the barrel. They are making the barrel and they make it in a way that the construction is not perfect. Now, when I make the barrel, I deconstruct and I give them exactly how it should be in order to receive a magical barrel, let's say. What I do, I construct a completely 100% confined space, sealed confined space. And this barrel itself, it's not patented the way I make it. Mm. And I make it... Uh, free to the public to and the barrel manufacturers to to make it in order to improve the quality of their barrels in the first place yeah. without even the bung when you take the barrel in the market this is the barrel this is the barrel that i i manufactured and this is the bung yeah so if i take this bung my bung and i put it on this barrel it will leak and you will never achieve the solution of so my you, technology. So you need the barrel manufacturers to improve their barrels exactly. to have your bun fit. But why would you improve the quality of the barrel when you know that if you make a barrel that I'm asking and it works with my bung and a winemaker comes and uses this, he will never accept to pay a thousand euros anymore to your standard barrel, which means that I'm changing, shifting the market. I'm forcing them to come back to yeah, this yeah, solution. Yeah, I, I see, I see. And uh, I mean, I, I've seen your barrel and it's, it's quite clever. So please explain me about the traditional barrel. What are the not so well uh, manufactured things? Um, we, ha we have the statics. You yeah. talked about statics. Yeah. So the standard bar barrel existing in the market, every time you would hear anything said about the barrel, is first thing, which oak is it used? American oak, French oak, or European oak? No one talks about how good my barrel is in terms of sealing, being sealed. They are and, sealed. And, and they, are, sealed. they are sealed, but there are three reports on my table showing that you've got three big problems. The oxygen permeability into the wine goes 62% or 63% between the joints stave to stave. Mm -hmm. 
they already done the report. They so only the staves, they get pressed together, but pressed still together, the air can But they still you have too. 63% of the oxygen coming through. And they only talk about the problem and they, they, they don't come with solution. And then you have the hoops that they are put on the barrel. Yeah. But as you come from the end to the middle, yes. they the hoops have different pl- pressure applied and... You, you're starting from 25 pressure on the first ring towards the barrel head. Yeah. And when you come towards the bung to the middle, you have only three bar. So the, the hoop in the middle, the bigger hoop has less has pressure. Has less pressure, which means less pressure. But why is that so? Because the hoop is designed with rivets. So they are pressed and pushed hydraulic force yeah. when they press. And when you come to the bilge, if you push a bit more, you you'll go over. Them. Ah, okay. And you yeah, won't be yeah, able I to. I understand because the, the barrel gets thinner on the other side. Exactly. Okay, now you got me. So yeah. now you push, you push, you push. And when it comes to here, you stop because if you push any further, it goes onto the other side and you can't put that, that hoop. Meaning that the hoops are. Meaning that you've got less pressure, pressure yeah. and bigger gap. Because here you've got more pressure. On the outside, I got more on the on the extreme side and so the, the bigger sides. and the bigger yeah, gap between yeah. stave and stave. <clears throat> yeah, and and what's the consequence of that? The consequence is that you've got an area that you can't control, and it oxidates your wine ah, all the so time. In, in in the middle of the staves, the pressure stave to stave is less. Is less, <laughs> so ah, the okay. gap is bigger. So around the around the bung, the bung hole, is the biggest problem. Okay, so the area around the bung and the bung itself is where the most oxidation takes place, and this is because of the poorly poor seal of the bung itself, yeah. and because of the low pressure of the hoop. exactly. And okay. and there is the place where your silicone bung is, which doesn't give you any control over oxidation, contamination, and evaporation. Okay, you got me. So you have an area, uncontrolled area. Okay, so so two topics. We have the we construction have the of the barrel, sealing between the staves, yeah, and we have the wrong pressure of the hoops. The wrong construction of the hoops. The wrong, yeah. Okay, yeah. The wrong construction of the hoops. So what I've done, I put the silicone between each stave, yeah, and that that seals me, and then I change the hoops with rivets to the bolts, so I can tighten them. By an, 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 a, a, a digital range. Yeah. And I can have the same force on each hoop. Yeah. And, and I, w- I will try to explain it in my words because I've seen what you've done. Um, Vitali took the staves, the single wood staves, and he just cut a small free. You, you cut a 2.5 millimeter channel in each stave. Alongside. And then you, pu- you put a small piece of of uh, of uh, three silicone. millimeter three millimeter silicon foot grade silicon rod. Yeah. So, so two point five millimeters yeah. is inside, zero point five is outside. You barely feel it. Yeah. But when you tighten and press it, and to it prove this, increase, right? and to prove yeah. this, I I'm, I made one barrel first. So first I bought an existing barrel. Yeah. Then I disassemble it. And then I put the silicone in each and I assembled together. Then I put the water inside, put my bung, I pressurized it. Yeah. When I pressurized it, kept it for half an hour and drained the water, disassembled the barrel, and I took pictures to show that the water traveled only up to the silicone and it didn't even get in the channel, which is a clear proof of that, that it's completely sealed. Under pressure. Under pressure. Yeah. Because my bung doesn't exist in the market, 
Yeah. People couldn't check this. And another thing is, why don't, we, why do we have to pressurize them? Because no one is pressurizing the barrels ever. So they never yeah, 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 came I, I to get this. You, I get you. You are five steps ahead. Okay. So the first thing you did is you, you seal the staves. The next thing, uh, you, you seal the barrel and the staves the, as well. Barrel the, head and the staves and the, the barrel itself. For, for the hoops, the system looks a bit like, um, when you have the, the big, Fesser barrels, the metal barrels uh, that they use exactly. for whatever uh, <laughs> uranium uh, uh, for for any kind. You have these metal rings that you can pull and you can tighten them up by force. Exactly. You either have you, you have a screw inside or you have a lever inside and you can pull. You can use a you can use yeah. Allen key and yeah. you can tighten. And the, this the, is what you did for the hoops. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, if you if you understand physics, when you push the hoop. Um, when you push the hoop hydraulic way, which everyone does in the market, yeah. your force goes tangential and it goes outside the barrel. You're losing the force. When you tighten with the bolt, your force goes towards the center. So you're, you're, you're controlling, you're, you're changing the direction of the force applied. Yeah. And that, that gives you full control. It's, you, it can't move. And when you have an empty barrel, this is one thing. When you have an barrel with liquid then you're talking about cohesion and adhesion forces which means liquid to solid liquid to liquid yeah. and then you have viscosity and then you've got capillary reaction and surface tension so when all this applies and you don't have the hoops with the bolts and humidity and temperature during the year changes it moves your barrel the liquid actually uh, expands expands the barrel and then it shrinks and with cold weather Mm. So this movement make your normal standard hoops even, weaker. Even less weaker. Yeah. It's weaker. Okay. And then you don't achieve, and that's why you end up with leaking barrels and all over the place. So this is, this is, this is the whole thing. Okay. Okay. I think, okay. That's the two things you improved. And then the third thing is the and, bung itself. And right? the bung itself. But we have to remember that you have silicon between the staves. Then you have the silicon between the barrel head and the barrel itself. Mm -hmm. around there and then you've got the silicone between each stave or the barrel head mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that everything is combined yeah plus one side of the barrel you have to have it out of a material i use plexiglass why do you have to do this because at the german university we discovered that during fermentation if you use the sunlight the yeast grows natural bigger ah okay so you improve the fermentation in the barrel by Exposing, the, exposing the, because if you have the grapes, you have the yeah, grapes. Yeah. Grapes grow outside in cold and hot weather and under the sunlight. Sunlight has never been uh, analyzed in the winemaking. This is the first time I hear this because... Well, it's, it's, it's a live thing. It's a light. It's actualizes. I talked to a French guy and he told me that you're right. They had an experiment with some parts and they said, if you take the light away, the process slows down. If you put the light away, the process starts faster. In Germany, when we replace... My idea was at the German university. I said, let's make two barrels closed all the time yeah. and two barrels exposed to sunlight outside we expose them outside to sunlight and when you release the car the cover yeah it's like an atomic bomb no one could understand why is this happening because yeast and bacteria it's an alive thing okay is it just 
the sunlight or is it also the different temperature or where they were at the same temperature so to give you a proper answer this needs to be a, a deep uh, um, look inside is it just the sunlight or is it sunlight pressure and temperature so all these matrices have to be taken in consideration when we put the sunlight barrels in sunlight outside then obviously we had a higher pressure because of sunlight mm. we had pressure inside and we had temperature okay. so we can and when they looked under the microscope the only reason why i'm saying this is that we analyzed the yeast under the microscope and in my report from german university it said that the wall of the cell yeast cell doubled in size they become stronger stronger okay so uh, you have this one barrel here and the the top side where you have i think plexiglass plexiglass it, yeah it's it, it's not for showing purpose here it is actually a, a feature of the barrel how is it it is meant to be it's it's first first time i was i i discovered this by chance by by chance because i made the barrel with the plexiglass in the first place which was in 2017 in australia to be able to show people that nothing grows inside my barrel for a long period of time and i was using with sunlight but i didn't know what's happening i didn't have a lab it was in my shed it was at so outside in 40 degrees now when people come and you say okay you have your barrel you have your wine inside and it's that much room and nothing grows because normally we've exposed if you have a, just a bunk yeah. why people in wineries spend so much money you have to top up the barrels every two three weeks to keep them full otherwise yeah. micro growth starts growing and oxidizes your wine where in my situation i use the plexiglass to show people that even if i have half of a barrel full nothing grows because because, it's sealed. because my bung is sealed and i don't i have nitrogen or co2 inside neutral gases okay so let me recollect we have a modification in the stave ceiling we have yes. a modification in the hoof so we have a modification on one side with using plexiglass instead of uh, wooden top yeah. and then we have the bung itself the bung itself now when you have the magical if we forget about my bung yeah and we only ask and the cooperages they listen to us and they make all these modifications to the barrels existing in the market they will improve the quality of the barrels and the product itself in future because you're solving at least the, the okay this is you rate. saying this i haven't tried it and uh, i don't know if geisenheim has already released I tend to believe you. I will try these wines and I will report about it because it's very interesting what you tell here. Apart We, from okay, doing this, your, you your are barrel. invited tomorrow on the last day. I have samples from Geisenheim here, yeah, and I've got samples from wines made in Moldova from 2019. Yeah, what I will do tomorrow at the end, towards the end, I will take all the bottles outside. I will go and I will do uh, the force analysis and the other end to show you that the numbers are okay, and then you can try the wines and you can have your own um, and these wines are going to be the wines bottled mm -hmm. and also you can go to Geisenheim and you can drink the bottles and try the samples who, outside who, the who, who is in charge in Geisenheim? Ludwig Pasch it's on my report okay. at the bottom you have the old contacts yeah
Yeah, yeah, yeah give it to me. So uh, he's the person I, in charge. I studied in Geisenheim. Uh, I haven't met him. So Ludwig Pasch with Max, yeah. with Max, Maximilian. Uh, mm, um, he's a scientist upstairs. Yeah. They lost the uh, uh, top level in the in yeah. in in the in the okay. building. Okay. So so if if I if, will proof check this. If, uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely, it's all there. Um, so what what happens is that if the cooperages at least make these modifications, then they will improve the quality of their barrels. But once they do this. Okay, but they still have the ceiling problem at the bung, even if they do... Absolutely. But what I'm trying to to say is that the the purpose of this bung, American oak, French oak, European oak, I have the bung. Every uh, cooperage that I talk to, uh, most of them, they want exclusivity to have on this product. Yeah. And if I sign the exclusivity on this product, then it will give you only one type of oak. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to try with different types of oak. The idea is to make them understand that if they make barrels with these parameters ready for sale, I can have signed contracts with all so of you, them. So you want to license the bung system absolutely. to different cooperages, which would be more in the interest of the wine industry a- itself. Absolutely, but yeah, this yeah, is okay. not an interest for the cooperage makers. Yeah, who because cares? We are winemakers. Absolutely. I'm so, totally on your side. So, so, <laughs> so if you're a winemaker, there's a grape grower yeah. and there's a cooperage. Yeah. They're not working synchronized. No. What I'm trying to do now is to put them synchronized. Yeah. And this is the hard part. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically for my project, for my project, you you in in you always have uh, companies that dream of more market share. That's normal. But what you offer should, and I totally agree with you, should be available to corporates all over the world okay. if they want to do it. Okay. They don't have to, right? All yeah. the governments in the world are thinking about the health of their own people. Yes, they care about this. What we talked until now is winemakers. Great growers and the cooperages. Now I'm just talking about the consumption, the final consumer. I want to make them synchronize and work together for the final consumer to be able to drink and have access to this final product without any additives and preservatives. Which is good because I, I don't know how it is in other countries, but we have, I think, 79 additives and preservatives. Uh, allowed for wine, of which only one must be labeled, sulfates. Exactly. And uh, we just recently, we had uh, one of the most famous uh, German uh, TV reporters, uh, Jan Böhmermann. Uh, he's uh, like the big evening uh, com- comedian guy. And he did a 20-minute special on uh, the wine industry. And like millions of people saw it. And he totally crushed us with, with everything that we do not tell the customer. So everybody knows, right? I have one question to the... Um to the winemaking industry, uh, according to the law, is considered food. And we should have and we must have ingredients as in, for any other product as food. And if I paid my money, I would like to know what am I paying for, what's in this product, not OEV with all the additives and preservatives covering you all with just a name wine. Yeah. By having this solution as a technology, I can have a stamp on my my logo. Editive free. Logo 
and you don't have to understand anything when you come into supermarket as soon as you see that logo you know that this technology doesn't have anything apart from grapes and that solves the problem in terms of not organic biodynamic yeah. all this no logo what's in this and i can even put ingredients just grapes done problem solved and that's why they understand the impact i'm upsetting the cooperages I'm setting okay. the wait, 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 let, let me let me catch you again because there are already winemakers who write exactly this on the labels just grapes but uh, then they face the problem that uh, the wine production if you don't use sulfates if you don't use anything most of the wines they are not so consumer friendly they taste if if you have an advanced taste for wine okay they are interesting But for the uh, for many people, they are overwhelming in taste because they are unpreserved, they are aged, they are oxidized, they are all the things that some people like. Most are not used to it, right? And this is what you seem to have solved. I've 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 solved this not just um, but it's not a fairy tale. It's it's also backed up with this report and lab analysis. Yes. And tomorrow you'll have a chance to try them yourself, and yes. you make your own. Um, impression of what i'm offering to so going back yes i saw the problem because it's called isobaric winemaking in wood which has never been done before you cannot have an impression on this technology because you will not find any books that talks about these parameters and the metrics that i'm using in my technology and at the same time you had never worked with this and Some things might scare you as a general idea. How is this possible? Like my friend said to me, if you have 40 degrees outside and I ferment a barrel in Australia, your wine will be oxidized completely and forget about that wine. Yeah. Where I ended up with wine with 0.4 milligrams per liter volatile acidity. How do you explain that? How is it explained now that I ferment the wine, I hyperoxidate the juice, which is normally done by few, everyone works with nitrogen and all that. And I hyperoxidate the juice. In Germany, they've done it. And then you put the glass with half empty bottle on the table for four days and it doesn't change color. So what this technology does, it creates a new passport for the wine. It's the same wine with chemicals, the same chemicals, But the ratio must be different. I don't have the perfect analysis on the on the very complicated lab analysis. For me, I'm happy that I solved the problem. I have a healthy. <laughs> It just wine. works. We don't know why. It just works. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so be we before we talk about all the, prob uh, the, the the benefits. Sorry. Uh, before we talk about all the benefits, let's go to your bun system because this is the most complicated of all, actually. Um, and I will just do a small stop here. So, okay, I just opened the website and if you go to his website, which is vbangvdor.com and yes, I discussed the horrible name already with him. Uh, I will put the link definitely into the show notes so you can click on it. We are talking about the uh, YouTube video you see there and we go to second number 13, 0.13. There you see his bang with a description of all parts of it, right? So this is what we have and now you explain the picture so the simple the simple entrance the design can contain many more things but this is the entry level for the bunk design as you can see you've got a safety relief valve which means that you'll have a safe pressure 
inside the barrel and the um, exit, the, the, the overpressure will be released to the atmosphere. You've got a sample tap inlet and outlet port, which is a long stainless steel tube that goes all the way to the bottom of the barrel. Mm -hmm. And for that tube, you uh, so it's can, like fifty centimeters long. Or uh, whatever, it all depends on the barrel barrel construction and yeah. barrel length and and size. It, it touches the it bottom. touches it touches on this design. This is not the the final design. The final design allows for the sample tap to be adjusted, so it's movable. Yeah. So you can you can lift it up and you can stay above the solids from the bottom. It's more way more advanced. But this allows you to take the sample out and also to bring anything you want, gases or any products inside the liquid phase. At the same time? At the same so, so, so through I, the same one. It's basically the idea, you know the coravine system to press go through the cork. It, it's like it's like the keg. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I put uh, 0 0.1 pressure of gas inside and get the wine outside. Exactly. And I have no oxidation exactly. when taking a probe. It's, it's, to understand this, it's literally like a beer system with a safety relief valve. Yeah. And then the port for oxygen, nitrogen, CO2 port from the outside. You've got the pressure and temperature sensors ports on the other side, which you can have put and then safe to relief. So it's very simple. It's a very simple concept and a very simple design. Yeah, and it's, it's a, you didn't invent the wheel <laughs> again. Uh, absolutely. You just, you just put some existing things uh, Absolutely, in place, right? absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. This design will be improved in future and it will give you, it can be mounted with different sensors. For example, pH, dissolved oxygen, Mm. temperature pressure it's just a matter of the idea is to have an entry level for people to make and at the same time has to be affordable mm. to make the wine using this system and at the same time for people who wants to spend more money and have more sensors and the data sent to them via the mobile phone then it is going to be a different design. Mm. The design can be, and this is what you see now is only one example of the design. It's not the final one. There will be different types of designs. Yeah, sure, sure. And this is the design. There are two V-Bang, V-Bang 1 and V-Bang 2. One is for 50 millimeter hole where you can bring the liquid inside, for example, the juice. But in a situation when you want to use berries with juice, you will have V-Bank 2, which has a hole of 110 millimeters. Mm -hmm. So it's a bigger one. At the show, I have the bigger one to show that you can have both two in one. For example, for beer manufacturers, for cider, and for any other types, you won't need a bigger one. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense to... to uh kind of just use the smaller one and add another ring uh, by which you can just fill the space for the bigger hole so you have one bunk system that can be modified uh, yes but at the same time it's about when you take the liquid out it will be very hard for you to empty the barrel if you've got the berries, berries. oh yes. yeah, yeah 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 but i mean just just use the the 100 millimeter always save money for uh, improving the, the thin bun and just added a ring inside by which you can increase the thin that's that's a brilliant idea i can use this i can i, I didn't think of that you don't the need only, to have two bunk systems you can just uh, yes modify um, the, the only problem the only problem is 
I'm not a barrel manufacturer and I'm not an equipment manufacturer. Yeah, okay. So I have to talk to them and explain and try because they will, every time they tell me that stainless steel is expensive. Yeah. So the more stainless steel they use, the more expensive it is. Yeah. Uh, a big bung you only need for winemaking industry. Mm. Other, other beer cider vinegar, they use smaller ones. So the percentage in the ratio, if they decide that they give you a good price no matter what and they choose and they stick to go with just one design, then it's totally fine. Yeah. So but it's in discussion. Okay, okay, okay. But then uh, you, you, you don't need to produce an extra big bun. You just need to produce the small bun, which is uh, standardized everywhere. And you increase the size by a big ring in case needed if you want to put in full berries. Uh, yes, but then when the full berries are lifted up, you have a chance of blocking your exit. Which I don't safety. have here. Yes, you don't have here. Like here you have, you've seen the perforated screen. Yeah. So the perforated screen, you need a bigger surface area not to block it. Okay. So to the people listening, you, if you see this online, you understand that this is really something you have to take a look at in, in reality. Um, I, I would urge you to uh, check out the website vbangvidor.com. Uh, you've got the equipment there, uh, described in pictures of unreal pictures, so you can see how it looks. The when, design. when, and where are people able to take a look at your barrel? Do you have other appointments? In um, um, not yet. No, I didn't plan anything. The, the, for people in Germany, they're more than welcome to visit Geisenheim University, where they still okay. V-Bank One and V-Bank Two. I, I have another question. Um, will you be in in Europe uh, end of January or beginning of February? Uh, absolutely, I'm because. Staying. Uh, I do. Um, I I have big big uh, um, areas on the two uh, main most important uh, wine tech fairs in Germany: Agrartage and Winter Service uh, Fair. Uh, and I look for. I have a stage for people to make uh, presentations, and I want to invite you to come. Um, because this is amazing. It's here at the universe. It's here at the Winnipeg. Yeah. I was thinking to send it back to Moldova, but I can send it straight to Germany from here. I don't need to bring it home. No, we we. I, if you can come, it's uh, the end of January or the the last week of January or the first two weeks of. Uh, Absolutely, there's, there's not a single problem. Yeah, because it's, this is amazing and people have to see it in reality. Um, absolutely. Could be by that time that I have already a perfect, uh, completely um, uh, available equipment from the um, um, Micromatic. Uh, like the barrel is here. Yeah. The equipment is here. Yeah. We can have that equipment and an improvement by that time. Yeah. So it's, it's up. I can, I, I, I can come. No, 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 not a single problem. Okay. And I can show it and I can, and yeah, they can see it. I can answer all the questions. I can, I can be there and I can even have wine samples as well for them to try. Yeah. So that will solve the problem realistically for people to, to, to see it. Okay. What's the time frame for you to, uh, launch the prototype in scale? Um, I have a couple of, offers from cooperages and I have a couple of offers from equipment manufacturers. It's just a matter of time to sit at the table after Vinitech and discuss the possibilities. Yes. I would love to have this available early 2023. Yeah. Ideally it would be beginning of 2023 so, so I can... So harvest season 2023. For Australia, New Zealand, which is January, February, March, April, yeah. and then 2023 for Europe, this is going definitely going to be ready. Okay, so that means when we have the next Vinitech fair, 
you can present most most possibly you can present a grown-up version of this like oh, absolutely, a right version, absolutely. and you can present wines for the people to taste absolutely even probably made by different um, companies in different countries okay okay because i at the moment it's prototype state i really want people to see this and uh when the next fair is here i hope that we we can actually <laughs> place orders so to speak yeah uh, but uh, this this is amazing it's really good it's uh, and um it's very interesting because Geisenheim University is trying to make wines without any additives for more than 10 years yeah. and they've always done it in stainless steel. I offered them uh, my technology in wood and they invited uh, me to prove to them and according to all analysis that you have from the laboratory and tasting analysis of the samples, they agree that, that this technology, the name V-Bank technology, it's not the name that I was giving to myself. Yeah. This is the German university classified this V-Bank technology as a new chapter in winemaking, which allows you to make wines without any additives and preservatives. Okay. You can't find any The name books. is still shit. I know. I would, I would call it um, Smart Barrel. I'd call yeah. it Smart Barrel. If you look at my um, business card, um, uh, at the back is written, Natural Beauty of Smart Winemaking. This is, this is what I use. Don't you want to call it the Vitalization Method? I would, but it's, 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 um, it's not the name. It's, it's, I would say, I would call it, honestly, I'd call it Isobaric in Wood. That would, that would make more sense. For isobaric. People. What does isobaric mean? Which means under continuous pressure. Ah, okay. So, uh, so now we go to the next topic because you said we can put the, the barrel under pressure if needed. Uh, I, I wouldn't know why we would need this, but uh, please explain. So, so um, to, to explain how the equipment works, uh, you fill the barrels in less than 10 minutes. You lock the barrel with this bung. Then maceration, fermentation, malolactic fermentation and aging can be done under continuous pressure. So the fermentation starts. And as soon as the fermentation starts, this releasing CO2. The CO2 is slowly starting to build the pressure inside the barrel. It reaches the certain point where the safety relief valve is set to a point, And then the excess throws up in the air. The oxygen is consumed and you were literally going into anaerobic fermentation. Saying this at the same time is not just a fermentation without oxygen, it's fermentation with pressure, temperature, sunlight and anaerobic without oxygen. Mm -hmm. You cannot find any books that will explain you this and it's done in a wooden barrel which we don't understand how the wooden barrel works in all this system, ecosystem. So if we take the natural grapes, we use natural wood. We use sustainable stainless steel equipment, which is stainless steel, doesn't have any contact with it. We're literally connecting nature, sunlight, and nature. So it's all nature. I would buy the wine. So it's a good story. Okay, okay. Um, so the next questions I have, because I know that you have more to talk about, different types of wood. 
this is a very interesting topic. Going back to the barrel manufacturers. I think oak is overrated, in my personal opinion, after I start working with this technology. And I'll explain you why. So, the oak has got a chemical and uh, physical properties of wood itself. Has got a very complicated chemical uh, compounds that that and, and it's been done and it's like something let's say already so well known and so well over over marketed and because you using uh, control uh, and and having additives and preservatives and uh, all sorts of things you you have one type of uh, literally flavor which means the grape variety and the flavor of the wine the grape variety flavor of the wine combined with oak yeah that's what you get now all this is done in the presence of sulfur from the beginning and any other additives i have a different approach yes it's a good good wood it's it's proven that good quality but i looked at it in a natural way so Honey from Linden. For, for the people wondering Acacia. about the strange noises, Vitaly uses four paper cups, paper paper cups, cups to, <laughs> to, to explain, explain everything, works. right? Okay. So uh, when I look at the at the honey, uh, one of the best honeys is coming from Linden from Linden tree. trees, yeah. And one uh, the other one is coming from Acacia. Yeah. So. When we think how that works, that means that all the sugars and the flavors that are coming all the way through that wood when it's growing on the flowering and when it's all inside there and it goes all the way. So it's all connected. But the flavoring comes from the blossoms, not from the exactly, wood. Exactly. But it's a chemical thing of that the wood is, is, is traveling the water to mm -hmm. feed the ah, tree. So we are talking about the terroir of the tree. Well, not the terroir, but the, 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 we, we can't we can't ignore the amazing quality and chemical composition of the wood itself. Why did we use oak in general? Because of durability, um, the, the porosity of of that in the first place. And to be honest, I can't answer you the flavors that you get from. But I never question myself why is wood so much oak wood only used. Yeah, I, I just the question came the to same, me. The same answer I can give you. So, so it's, we, we use it and, and, and there's a cassia. I think it's, in my personal opinion, it's been, it's been promoted so much by uh, French as in general. I can imagine that it comes from medieval ages and when wood barrels made of oak when you when you roll them and stuff they are just more durable than lighter woods it could be but i think uh, google these days can give I, us I, a I better no answer I will, i will talk to can somebody give else. Us a, a better answer <laughs> wine historians will know okay so, so anyways so what i've done is linden, is and, acacia. linden and acacia acacia so they travel this which means that the sugars and I, i've done a couple of research uh, they, they they've analyzed that that they they make they cut different parts of the tree and they make these uh, creams that they use for aging so so anti-inflammatory processes and, and chemical compounds have so what i said when i when i started working because until then i was making only in uh, oak so this last year in 2021 i said to my friend uh, let's make one barrel out of um, linden 
and make with my system because of the honey and see what we'll get uh, the idea the sugars and everything the okay. flavors yeah, yeah. they yeah. must be there yeah. we just need to extract them so we made this wine <clears throat> in linden out of linden tree using my technology without any additives or preservatives and we at euro invent in romania this year i blind tasting blind tasting tasting on this wine and 99% of women chose this wine in linden not in oak uh, so that means the different tastes it tastes completely different and tomorrow you'll have a chance to drink and taste a, a sample I will out leave of tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon oh me. that's so far we can have the, the the tasting at 12 it doesn't matter okay yeah it's it's totally fine yeah yeah i so will definitely come i'm, I'm super i only <laughs> i only did i only did so 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 now to make a barrel out of oak you need to wait 80, Fuck man, I, I totally years. screwed up. What? I didn't press record. Oh, that's one. Wait, did I? did I? Did I? Did I? Did I? Are we recording? Oh, we are recording. We are recording. Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, 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 what happens is that w why the oak is so expensive? Another thing is you have to wait that long for it to years grow. Yeah, to grow. A, yeah, yeah. And then you had to dry it for three years. And and it's so expensive to have all this. Yeah. When I made it in Linden, I realized that hang on a minute, it's all changing. So you can decrease the price of copperage by changing the wood while increasing the change to uh, the sa sales to women, which is not to be underestimated in wine. And another thing is, okay. if if you make a barrel out of different staves of different types of wood. You make unique wines that can't be replicated. This is a trade secret for winemakers to understand. One stave out of oak, one stave out of linden, one stave out of, out of, out of, out of. Ah, out of. okay, 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 okay. Where can, can I invest? <laughs> <laughs> in in Cooper's view, open your Cooper's and I'll give you all these ideas. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, types of wood, we got this. And the last thing um, to explain how really in, innovative you are, you showed me a video of a euro container to you try to build a movable winery a, a mobile a, a, a winery mobile winery solar powered with your barrel system inside so that you can produce wines in every country basically um, where you want where are you from you are from germany germany um, i'm not rich enough um, to come to germany and build a winery but i like german wines so by having a mobile winery which uh, saves me money. I can uh, have my system uh, incorporated in shipping containers with solar panels. I can come to Germany for 10 days. The solar panels is for the sensor system or uh, the cooling system? The, so or the solar panels, the solar panels uh, will accumulate uh, the energy needed for me to have a temperature of more than 20 degrees during fermentation. What's written in the book for whites and for reds? What's written in the book that you have to have temperature control is the opposite when you talk about my system. And I was lucky enough to try this technology With first your in system, Australia. You need to increase, increase the temperature. The higher, the better. Why? Because it's just the way it works. So if someone, if when, when I was so lucky that in, in, in Australia, I was fermenting 40 degrees outside. Yes. And I, I, I obtained a wine 
I didn't have qualities. I didn't have anything. Vitaly, have you, have you tried the same harvest material in three different barrels of your type? One at 10 degrees Celsius, one at 20 and one at 40 to see the difference? No, I haven't done it. What I know for sure is that when it goes a lower temperature, you may have problems with the fermentation towards the end. A stuck fermentation, for example. Yeah. If you go below 15 or 14 or 10, it all depends on the yeast. It all depends on many, many things. But I realized one point. You have the temperature higher than 20. You don't have any problems whatsoever. It's just the way it works. You need the heat. You need the heat to carry on in five to 10 days. I don't know why. Maybe it works. In Germany, we don't have any temperature control. All the results where I fermented and all the data analysis, they're more than 20 degrees. And I'm talking about if you want to go completely wild. If you use commercial yeast, you won't have this problem because they're stronger, they're selected. They're stronger in that environment. This invention is to go completely extreme, which means... I prove to you that I can make one out of just just grapes. But I have a big question when it comes to selected uh, uh, Nobody yeast. doubts that you can make wine, but it's all a question of the taste in the end, if you want to sell Absolutely, wine. you'll make up your mind tomorrow when you have a chance yeah, to yeah, try them. Yeah, that's absolutely... Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about the taste. I'm, I'm worried and I'm concerned. I want people not to fail. Because if they leave the barrel outside and it's cooler. So you have to understand once you start the fermentation in the, with these parameters, by having high Vitaly, temperature. One of the, the major cost drivers at the moment with energy prices is the cooling system exactly. of the winery. Do you understand how much I'm upsetting people with this technology now? If I cut yes. them off. Yes, exactly. So that's how it is. It's upsetting everybody. It's changing the whole market. Absolutely. I can ferment in Spain in 50 degrees outside, 40 degrees, doesn't matter. In this particular, the, the speed, and they, they prove that you're not losing any flavor. You know, you, because the, 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 this, this environment, what I created inside the wooden barrel, it just solves it out all itself. Nature works with nature and sunlight. It's, it's just incredible. It's, this is a game changer of completely the whole thing. Do you happen to speak German? Uh, no, I don't speak German. Okay. Uh, I, I will make a free commercial for you in my German podcast. It's way bigger because... And I make with mobile winery, I make it, <laughs> I make it outside in the field. So I'm completely sustainable. I'm, I'm in the field. Okay, we will definitely talk again uh, because I'm, I'm very much interested in what you do and I, I want to see the, the real thing. Um, Tomorrow I will be... You know what, what the... What my idea is, I'm I trained as winemaker. I studied wine business. Um, I transitioned to being uh, this podcast dude for the wine industry. I have a, a German-speaking podcast. I have an English-speaking podcast. It's my business. I'm a consultant. I want to be winemaker again. I travel the world in in a camping car. I live in a big, huge caravan. Travel from wine area to wine area and. For, I, I was always thinking, how can I set up a winemaking operation? I, I would need barrels in every winery where I am, or in every region if I want to do this. And now you come and say, okay, no, basically you just need 
the container and you, you can drive your winery with you. You don't need cooling system. It can be a one barrel winery operation. It stayed in, 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 in a barrel in uh, 35 degrees in my country, in Moldova, during the whole summer and without any cooling, nothing. And it's not oxidized. It's got 0.46, I think. And my phone, which just did today analysis at the force VI. So basically, I could get myself a pickup truck and have one of your barrels exactly. on the back and have a drive. Now imagine, now imagine with this mobile winery, how many more people you can get involved into this industry. They don't need a chateau in France; they just need to be there. This and, is super cool, man! And, and if you don't, <laughs> and if you don't spend a fortune on your winery. Yeah, you have the money to pay more for the grape grower in France. I, because you can. Because I can. Okay, okay. Uh, so next thing, the barrel. We always talk about fermentation in the barrel. Is the fermentation speed increased? Is the um, maturation phase somehow increased, decreased? What happens after the fermentation? So there are wine samples uh, made in uh, Geisenheim with this technology in last year uh, that they uh, had finished fermentation in 10 days, malolactic finished in 10 days, um, protein stable in 10 days. All at the same time. All at the same time. Yeah. And um, uh, protein and tartaric are stable at the same time in 10 days. And the wines have been tasted by five scientists at the university, and they rated that this wine made in 10 days has got the same maturity as a traditional wine made in age three to six months. So, the harvest time, pressing, 10 to 12 days later, the wine gets tasted and it tastes like a wine should taste in February. Three, three to six months. Yeah. This is literally what it is. Okay. And did, did they mature the wine after that? Uh, they had it 11 years matured in, in 11 months matured in the barrel. The, the only reason I asked them when I left the barrels uh, first year, the, the university... Do, do, do you know how the wine tastes after uh, like one month of they maturation? They still... They, uh, I'm, I'm 100% sure that uh, they, they, they've tasted more... I, I didn't go back to each month to taste. But if you get in touch with Ludwig Pasch, he can tell you exactly how it tasted one month, two months, three months after months. It's, he's he's so, been so, so basically, I, I, I want to spin this idea. If I... If I get one of your barrels yes. in my car, yes, and then I travel the wine growing regions, and I start with the earliest harvest in the year, end with the latest harvest in the year, I could use maybe the same barrel for for more okay. than one vinification I'll, process. I will take you. I'll tell you through. Um, I'll take you through um, uh, another or one of my secrets that I, I'm happy to share with your customers. Um, it takes, let's say it takes me uh, 10 days to ferment and, yeah. and stabilize. So from the same vineyard, I take unripe Sauvignon Blanc. I would need 14 days in a, in a specific wine region to harvest, press, ferment. Depending on the temperature, because if you have and bottle, and then I'm done, and then I can go on with the same barrel, absolutely. right? I understand absolutely. you correctly. Yes, absolutely. This is what you're you, telling me. Yes, this, absolutely. But in the same region, if you stay in the same region, yeah. You can do a different story. You can buy, you can pick up unripe grapes, yeah. make it first time, move it in stainless steel buffer tank. Same grapes ripe, make it, add it as blending. Overripe, blending. You're making one wine out of three different wines, a different picked up quality, and you're completely making a unique wine. 
He can't replicate. It's still Sauvignon Blanc from the same vineyard, but picked up at different stages. One, you get high acidity unripened. One, you get over acidity. One, it's, it's magic. You can make unique wines. The idea is that I can take anyone from the street, take, give my barrel to them, yeah. and they will make a healthy wine. And I can give this to you with a lot of knowledge, and you will make unique wines. This is the only difference. Healthy, unique, and healthy. Uh, give me a moment to process all this. Where's the hook? And uh, what do you mean? The price. Oh, the price. <laughs> no, what I mean, like, it's, it's, it, sounds, it sounds a bit too good. Uh, well, this is what it is. I've been working with it since 2017. Uh, for me, this is all not new. For me, this is yeah. just a matter of uh, the, the industry to understand that by not having any research or any books done and, and explained to this, I'm going the way I'm going. And some people understand, some people don't, some people have lots of doubts, but I can solve all this with just a wine tasting. Just a wine tasting. I have, uh, my friend is very bad with, with sulfates and wine. Yeah. He was never drinking wine. He would go spirits or anything. He yeah. started drinking my wine, he can't stop drinking it. He doesn't have any problems whatsoever. I want people to look at the wine, not just flavor, taste, And price, the flavor, taste, and price. I want them to look as natural benefits towards the human body. Okay, I want to invite you to one more thing. Uh, have you heard of the PV International Association? Uh, no, I've been completely cut 14 years in Australia and New Zealand. I've got no idea what's happening in Europe. Okay, so it's uh, it's an association of uh, wine growers who use fungal-resistant varieties. It's, a, it's the biggest international wine association that exists, 22 countries from Japan to Canada to most of Europe, uh, 880 wineries, and I'm board member of them. And I would like to invite you to do a video online presentation about your barrel because... Perfect. It's, it's, we'll do uh, it, right? what, I missed, what I missed in all my career is uh, a person like you, uh, the connection. Yeah, no? Yeah. no one knows about me. No one knows. No one heard about me. Okay, because it's the deal just... is I want to have one of these barrels. Oh, you'll have not just one. You'll have many barrels because you can have hubs in different countries with one of your barrels because you see... I, I, the, the thing is, really, I, I, need, I need your invention because I am traveling and I cannot be a resident winemaker. But you enabled it. Well, for that's me, just for me. It's a, a, a guy, thing. a guy <laughs> came, a guy came to uh, the girl. Uh, the girl is traveling. The girl, um, a student from Morocco was um, no, from Morocco, from um, yeah. um, uh, a girl from uh, Tenerife. She came to do a, a, a short exchange internship in Germany at the university. So uh, she saw my invention and she said, "Oh, that's great because I've got a camper van and so I can go back and use the camper van." So and the she saw that's exactly the no, same she thing. She saw the same thing and she was amazed and blown away by the quality of the wines this is this is totally it's working it's not deal deal, deal. you hear the handshake i would love to I've, i'd love to 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 travel around the world and taste different types of um, um wines made by different winemakers without any additives or, or preservatives yeah. in different types of oak Yeah. In different types of wood, in yeah. different types of different types. Okay, of so we we will do one thing. Uh, in in Germany, we have quite a delay in the time of uh, harvest, starting in Württemberg, which is the earliest, the most southern, and then if you go down Mosel area to Ahr Valley, it's the river valleys, uh, the, the most northern parts, 
uh, you have sometimes one month in between the start of the harvest, also depending on the variety. So I will, I will find myself uh, different uh, grape producers from the most southern with the most earlier uh, varieties to the most northern with the most late varieties. And I will try to produce three or four, maybe three different wines with one barrel next season. The only challenge Germany. what you have is, I don't know about the weather, you have to make sure you've got enough temperature as above 20. You will have to have, you yeah. have to, with a solar panel weather, got no idea. But you'll need temperature. Okay, the, the, okay, the okay, okay, okay. I oh. might be wrong. I no, might no, no. be wrong. Well, you see, you already, with me, you have proof of concept because I'm the second person asking for the mobile winery. Uh, there was, an, you are the third one because the third today, one. Okay. Because this the, means it's, it's, it's a very obvious thing. If, if people in similar situations like us, meaning those three persons, see the same thing, demand the same thing, add a heating, device to your oh body. it can be done inside yes it, it, it's just uh, that i just can, that, yes but maybe maybe there will be I mean, i've got another design well i'll share some um, uh, private information with you tomorrow yeah. before you leave to show you a couple of different designs that yeah. i'm thinking of uh, and 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 you are the third person because the guy said you shouldn't think cheap you should think um, top quality he said a guy with a yacht that comes to france can pick up a barrel like this put it on his yacht and by the time he travels he's got this no, one this on his is board. this is this is why I love the wine industry. People, we will kill this now. It's more than one hour. To discover stuff like this, check out Vinitech Sifel. This is where you stumble upon guys like Vitaly. And uh, I don't know what else I missed because this year I just did interview after interview after interview. I'm very happy that uh, we met each other. Well, we that's, will stay that's, in, that's, yeah. in contact. This is amazing, Vitaly. Thanks a lot. Uh, thank you very much for your time and for the connections and for your audience as well. And yeah, this sure. is a great show. And, and, and I'm very, I want to thank you for one more thing. Um, you're very open minded and, and you are the person that brings the ideas to the market, not just try to stop them and be hidden under the, under the table. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You never invest uh, in uh, something that doesn't make your product better. You have to do this as a compulsory thing. We all want to enjoy uh, a good bottle of wine and at the same time an affordable price for that wine. Done. And we need to solve the energy price problem. Oh, absolutely. It's, it is, this is a, you, you ferment in 14, you can ferment in 45 degrees. It's not a problem whatsoever whatsoever nature when when you think imagine of, of just a simple thing the yeast bacteria grows on the grape in australia and it's 50 degrees sunlight and it's alive so nature can adjust to any conditions yeah what happens if you take that yeast and bacteria and you put it in a standard barrel with both sides closed and it's darkness? What if that makes more stress on the yeast and the rubber just to open it and have it with sunlight that just do the job? How do we know how we affect? The thing that happens is the same thing that happens to us van lifers when we run out of gas. When life becomes fridge life very, very fast. Yeah, well, that's So, so yeah, absolutely. Look, you, you, I, I would say you are the first person that went into so many details as questions 
and the possibilities what you can achieve with this technology. You for sure can do much more, but this, oh, can, this the, is the only the beginning. This is mind. only the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there will be, there will be, uh, uh, this is just, uh, there will be better and better improvements on, on, on the whole system. What the mobility is the key. Mobility. You have to be able to take it with you and make it and move on. Make it move on. Agent. For example, I had so many winemakers say to me that uh, if they didn't travel the world as young persons, they couldn't do it anymore because they were bound to their winery. And you present a movable winery. This is uh, absolutely. It's a total game changer for With a little investment. I mean, I mean, you, you won't do you won't do big amounts, but the other time, if I think that I can, I can just move around with a truck, produce wine. I don't have so many costs because uh, I, I don't need all the energy for the cooling. I can do several it's harvests all per year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am much, much more cost efficient actually. It's, it's, this is. Uh, But you can promote. The more I think about it, the better you, it gets. You it's promote, amazing. You can promote. <laughs> you can be all over Germany with yeah, your product yeah, right there. People can touch it. It's amazing. It's, that's how it is. And, the, and the, the, the interesting thing is, I will save money with this. Production method, most probably, while it's still being able to get a very high price per bottle because it's so absolutely. outstanding. It's absolutely it's the taste when it comes at the end of the day. Now, also, it's the story that you can my, pull up. With my that. partner invested uh, a lot of money in two and a half years while I'm in Moldova yeah. just because of one thing. He's got no idea about winemaking. The quality of the product convinced him that this is the right way to do. Yeah. To invest in what I'm trying to prove to the world. Okay, I will check tomorrow. Vitali, that's it. Perfect. Thanks. Goodbye. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye. And that's a new episode finished. Thanks for listening. And uh, I would like to uh, give some shout outs to projects and people and whatever. So uh, you know how you can find and interact me. In 2023, I will be doing uh, big exhibitions myself uh, in Germany. It's Agrartage, which is at the end of January in City of Mainz. And Winzer Service Messe, which is the second week of February in the city of Karlsruhe. You can meet me there. I have 150 square meters of uh, a big stage. It's um, financed by my main sponsor, Amorim, and we will have uh, nice... Um, interviews, nice uh, people on stage talking about uh, innovations in wine technology and in wine marketing. So just come by. It's, it's very good for the people uh, who also come from uh, different countries. The next thing, um, as you might have noticed, I uh, at this time travel around constantly in a caravan. So I basically live in a caravan going from uh, winery to winery. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, reach out to me. I'm always looking for new places uh, to place my caravan. Uh, I do consulting for wineries. So uh, I also exchange a little bit of my knowledge uh, for having a place to stand. Uh, the next thing you need to know is um, by this time, I'm board member of Peewee International. It's uh, basically the biggest international uh, wine growers association. Uh, we represent 22 countries uh, going from all over Europe to, I think, Japan, Canada. We are more than 880 wineries at this moment, and uh, we plan to do some very, very interesting things in wine politics because most major wine associations uh, do lobbyism uh, behind shut doors. I have this podcast and we will do the same 
on podcast. So basically, uh, this is uh, going to be very, very interesting to uh, everybody involved or interested in uh, wine growing policies around the world. You find my work if you want to take a look uh, at what I do closer on uh, theartofsellingwine.com. If you understand German, go to my website weinverkauft.com. Uh, you can redirect from theartofsellingwine.com by scrolling totally down. There's a link to the German one. And if you want to check out my work on Instagram, I'm called at the art of selling wine on uh, LinkedIn. I am Diego Weber, my name basically. And if you want to get in touch with me to talk about an episode, maybe about your company, maybe about your brand or invite me to uh, one of your events, uh, just reach out. WhatsApp is fine. Instagram is fine. Email is fine. Whatever fits you. Yeah, and last but not least, I want to thank you personally for tuning in, for being uh, part of my audience. And if you want to support this thing, please share it with a friend, share it with a colleague, uh, because podcasts are nothing without listeners.